1: What's the best coincidence you've ever experienced? Well, I've got a good one. On a family holiday to Cyprus, the airline lost our bags en route. We went to a local travel agent to sort it all out. And there, lying on the travel agent's desk was a letter addressed to our old home in Scotland. It turns out the travel agent's parents had bought our old home from us. What are the chances of that? And if you can beat that coincidence, I want to hear about it. Email me at pods at radio Unfortunately, it's unlikely that any of our stories are going to impress David Spiegelhalter all that much. He's a professor of the public understanding of risk at the University of Cambridge. He collects stories about coincidences. And he was interviewed as part of a BBC documentary called What Are the Odds? by Rajesh Merchandani, about some of the favourite coincidences in his collection.
2: We had one where a lady bought an old picture frame and took it apart and there's some newspaper in the back of it and opened up the newspaper and there was a story about her when she was a child. I I think, you know, that's a really delightful one. Well, I I just think that's kind of spooky. Oh, yeah. Well, ah, now you've mentioned the word, the kind of spooky. We do get (laughs) a lot of people saying... This kind of spooky. And in fact, this is one of the, the things that people think coincidences are fun, There's a the kind of upside of chance. Well, you know, some people, they happen to so much, they get very concerned about it, it stops being fun. They actually feel that this is something strange going on in their lives.
1: So it's, so for some people, it's a kind of sense of, there's a kind of element of charmingness about it. To other people, they think there's, you know, this is the invisible hand of
2: you know, some force at work. The fact that they do see there's some, you know, reason for these, there's something going on, there's some hidden cause. And of course, we know that Jung invented the idea of synchronicity and camera and the idea of seriality. You know, there've been various theories in the past about why these things tend to happen. I, I, I just don't believe them at all. I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm very s- skeptical of any of that. I just believe in the world being a deeply complex unpredictable place in which things happen but as humans we're very reluctant to admit that things just happen because of chance we think there's a reason we met our partner just by this chance event our, our you know our soulmate well hang on <laughs> you'd have met somebody else <laughs> <laughs> and then you would have called I mean, them soul your soulmate. Have. Well, exactly. There's <laughs> many people, Isn't it coincidental that people's soulmate turn out to be of the same social group, the same religion? The same. Isn't that amazing that that happens? So you know, <laughs> we find patterns and meaning in lives. We are pattern, as humans, we're, we're absolutely geared up to be pattern searchers. And that, that's very good if, from an evolutionary point of view. It's extremely good. We can spot patterns in very complex things. Why is However, that good? We, we're extremely sensitive to possible threats, and even though they might not be threats, we tend to overinterpret. We hear a rustling in the bushes and we run away because it might be a tiger. You know, that, and that's the sort of crude evolutionary view that we're, it's quite good to be programmed to overinterpret signals that are in fact just chance. Why is it that some people see more coincidences and attribute meaning to such events? Here's Peter Brugger, the head of the neuropsychology unit at University Hospital Zurich.
0: We see more patterns and meaningful coincidences against a noisy background uh, when we have more dopamine in our brain. Uh, why would some people have in regular life higher dopamine levels in um, certain danger situations where you have, where you're very excited and emotional. Also to, to name a positive example, maybe falling love makes your dopamine levels rise a bit. But um, people in love should see more meaningful patterns in, in these kind of experiments we, we did.
2: It's very reassuring to find a narrative to be able to fit our lives into into a consistent narrative. I think it's almost completely illusory, and that you know much of our lives is governed by pure, unpredictable chance, providence, whatever you want to call it, chaos, whatever. There's a romance to coincidences, which is a good thing, isn't it? Oh yeah, people love it. And endless stories. We know Dickens used coincidence vastly in his novels to to you know to round them off. It's 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 good fiction, but. You know, these things really don't happen. Wow. Um, has
0: anybody called you a killjoy ever?
2: <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. People loathe this. They really they think I'm miserable <laughs> old git. I really do. But no, I, I still love it because there's still enormous structure in pure chance. And that's where the mathematics comes in. Because I know if there's two football teams playing and a referee, that's 23 people on the pitch, 50% chance two of them will have the same birthday. So in 50% of all football matches, there's two people on the pitch with the same birthday.
1: Can that be right? My head hurts just thinking about it. Professor David Spiegelhorter, who appeared on What Are The Odds? from the BBC, presented by Rajesh Merchandani and produced by Kate Bissell. And there are many more delightful stories about coincidences than that, including some great ones that happened right there while they're actually making the story. You'll find a link on our website now. It's at rnz.co.nz forward slash podcast hour.